Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. It's my first ever detective novel. It was published a few years back, and it tells a story of murder and dirty politics set against the backdrop of the Idaho gubernatorial election. It's a modern novel, but with a lot of nods to classic detective fiction. You can check out all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date is January the 23rd of 1947, and the title is The President Murder Case. Back it in, Tex. That's brought old 96 back home. Got her back safe and on time, Johnny. Give her a little looking over, will you? The right front driver got awful hot on the run. I'll check it. Coming down. I'm on the way. Who was firing for you, Tex? Where is he? Ah, they gave me a new fella. An old man Morris's son, Eddie. I just decided he wanted to be a railroad man, and I gave him a job as fireman this morning. On the 96, too. Well, don't let it bother you, Tex, old pal. The 96 doesn't care whether a guy's new or not, as long as he keeps shoveling coal into her. Eddie Morris couldn't even do that good. He's young and he's willing, but he'd never seen the inside of an engine before. Oh, well, let's take a look under the 96. Pretty proud of this baby of yours, ain't you, Tex? Why shouldn't I be? Been running her wide open for 20 years. When I get a clear block, she doesn't have to take a thing from anything on wheels. Well, we'll just go to work on her now, straighten her out. If the right front driver got hot on you, the trouble must be... Hey, Tex. What's the matter? Look back there under the first car. Somebody's been riding the rods, only isn't getting out. Come on, let's go back and see why. Maybe he's hurt. Awful chances these hobos take. Maybe they fall off or a stone from the roadbed hops up and hits them on the head and they're gone. Yeah, this guy's lying awful still under there. Well, I'll squat down and get him out. I'll hand him to you. All right, good enough. Yeah. Ah, here he is. Okay. Hey, you got him, Johnny? Yeah, got him, Tex. Come on, we'll lay him out on the ground. Yeah. <sighs> Some hobo, huh, Johnny? I don't know, Tex. Come here and look. He wasn't hit by no gravel. He's got a bullet wound in his chest. He's dead. Let me see. Yeah. He sure has and he sure is. Johnny. Yeah? What, Tex? You know that hobo? Hobo? Hobo nothing. This guy riding the rods was William Christopher Jenkins, the president of this railroad.
Listen to you. You don't have to call Vance. I tell you, you don't have to. Don't I, Sergeant Heath? A railroad president found shot to death underneath a car of one of his trains, and I don't have to call Vance. Yeah, but listen... I'm sorry, but I don't agree with you. And I'm quite sure Vance won't. Since when is that news? Look, Mr. Markham, we know this Mr. Jenkins wasn't dead when he crawled on the rods that first car. He'd been shot, but he wasn't dead then. Yes, we know that. What we don't know is Office whether... Officer Philo Vance, private investigator, Miss Woods speaking. Miss Woods? Where's Miss Deering? Oh, Miss Deering's gone to visit her mother. Mr. Vance is out of town, too. Vance out of town? Or is he? Oh, uh, this is District Attorney Markham. It's very important. Mr. Vance won't be back for a couple of days, and I'm filling in, Mr. Markham. Anything I can do? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, hold the phone a moment, will you, Miss Woods? Yes, sir. Heath, Vance won't be back for a couple of days. Good. By that time, we'll have this case cleared up. Hang up, D.A. Uh-uh. Oh, uh, Miss Woods? Yes? Please send Vance a wire. Okay. Tell him I'm extending him a personal invitation to attend a murder yeah. investigation. If that doesn't bring him back, nothing will. Please, listen to me, men. Quiet, you fellas. Quiet. Men, I have the very unpleasant task of informing you of the death of your president. For the time being, I'm taking over his duties. I ask you all to cooperate with the police and go on with your work. That's all. Yeah. all right. No, it ain't all, Mr. Burton. What's that? Hey, uh, Mr. That? Jenkins was murdered. It's up to us to find out who murdered him. It was one of us, and we'll take care of whoever did. Right, ma'am? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. we'll take care of him. Uh, just a moment, please. Mrs. Jenkins would like to talk to you. Please, please, all of you. Gentlemen, you all know me. Sure, we know you, Mrs. Jenkins. Well, it was my idea to ask you all to gather here in the yard so that Mr. Burton could talk to you. Please do as he asks. My husband would have wanted that, I'm sure. Okay, Mrs. Jenkins. If that's what you want, that's what we'll do. Well, gang, what do you say? We've got engines to move. Let's get back to work. Come all on. Right. <laughs> Must be about 80. Just keep feeding that fire, Eddie. I'll take care of running this train. I was only asking, Tex. No use in you getting sore. I'm not sore. I'm thinking. About what happened to Mr. Jenkins? What does that mean? Oh, nothing or something. Depending on your conscience. You're pretty fresh for a new guy, Eddie. Maybe I ought to knock some of that freshness out of you. You're a little old to try, aren't you, Tex? Why, you young... Oh, come on now. Let's stop this. I didn't mean nothing personal in what I said. Okay, let's leave it like that. Sure. The way I figure it, if there was anybody that wanted to know who killed Jenkins, he ought to first find out about that Burton guy. He's the new president, isn't he? And why? Because Jenkins is dead. Add that up. I got my own ideas about who... Hey! Somebody in the emergency cord. Hold everything. I'm holding. Stay here, you. I'm going to find out what happened back on the train. You won't have to text... Here comes Johnny Allen climbing along my side of the engine. Hey, Johnny, what's up? Who yanked that cord? Who yanked it? The conductor yanked it, and why not? He just found the murdered body of that guy Burton, the new president of this road. He'd been shot, and he was all alone back there in his private car. (laughs) 
certainly am glad you're here at the railroad yard, Vance. Two murders in two days and no trace of the murderer. That could be, of course, because there's been no Vance here in two days. Thank you, Markham. You're very complimentary. It would have taken me quite a while to have found out the information you got for me, so I start about even. Check your notes with me, will you, Markham? Glad to, Vance. Mr. Jenkins, the road president, was at one time an engineer working his way up from the ranks. While an engineer, he worked with a man named Tex Duncan. Whose engine was pulling the car under which Mr. Jenkins was found dead. The fireman on that engine was a brand new man working his first day on the job. His name was Eddie Morris. <laughs> you don't need my notes, Vance, not with your memory. That's correct. That Eddie Morris. First day on the job, the president of the road is killed that day, was found on his train. Sounds like something to work on, Markham. Actually, it's not, Vance. You see, Morris wasn't really a fireman. He was a troubleshooter, hired to investigate trouble among the men. I know that for a fact. He took the fireman job only to work more closely with the employees. I see. Now, about this Burton who was killed, Vance. Well, let's take care of one murder at a time, Markham. Jenkins' death has a priority. I have all the information now on Mr. Jenkins? Uh, yes, Vance, you have. You remember, of course, that Mrs. Jenkins inherits the railroad and quite a bit of cash. Yes, I do. Now, Markham, inasmuch as we have all the information, let's go to work and make it mean something. Very kind of you, Mr. Morris, to drive me down here. I want to thank you. Oh, it's no trouble, Vance. I'm kind of glad to be able to climb out of those overalls and stop posing as a fireman. I don't know what end of the engine from another, but I got by the short time I've been working by just shoveling all the time. <laughs> it's kind of rugged on the back, that coal routine. Yes, I imagine so. Never thought you'd wind up as a locomotive fireman when you started your career as a troubleshooter, did you, Morris? <laughs> no, I didn't. But you never can tell what happens in our line of business, can you, Vance? No, I guess not. Did you know the Jenkins family, Mr. Morris? I've met Mrs. Jenkins. She had a lot of motive for murdering Mr. Jenkins. You can forget that, Vance, on my say-so. Watch that curve in the road. I see it. Mr. Morris, you were hired by the railroad to find out something. Exactly what? Well, the men were having trouble. That means nothing now in view of developments. You see, the instigator of the men's problems was Mr. Burton... And he turned up dead, too. Yes, so he did. Look, Mr. Morris, tell me what happens at the station we're headed for right now. Uh, sure. Train stops here, just before it pulls into the last stop. Stops right about there. And the train holds here for 15 minutes. Passengers go out to stretch their legs or smoke or buy magazines and... I understand the engineer runs the train up the line for last stop checkup. Want to get out, Vance? Yes, I do. Oh, I see Sergeant Heath had an idea similar to mine and is over there questioning the station master. Do you mind waiting here, Mr. Morris? No, not at all. I won't be long. Oh, Heath. Sergeant Heath. Oh, hello, Vance. What's bringing you down here? Oh, I just thought I'd look around. I'll trade notes with you, Heath. Huh? Tell me what you found out, and I'll do the same. That's a deal. Actually, I got nothing here, but at the repair shack up the line, I found out something. Mm -hmm. Seems that Mr. Jenkins, the railroad president, was there when our engine 96 pulled into the repair shop. He left when the 96 pulled in, started to walk up the line. A little while later, 96 and the train it was pulling followed Mr. Jenkins. 
course, the guy in the repair shop didn't think anything about it. No? No, he figured Tex was giving it a little extra workout or something. Next thing he remembers, the engine and the train were backing up to the station again, and he forgot about the whole thing till I questioned him. Really? Well, Heath, what do you think it all means? Nothing. Not yet it doesn't. What does it mean to you, Vance? I'd say it meant nothing to me either, Heath. Nothing, that is, except to indicate who killed Mr. Jenkins. Ah, coming, coming. Why, Mrs. Jenkins. I'd like to come in, Tex, if you don't mind. Come in? Of course come in. Please come in. Come into the living room. Uh, sit down. Make yourself comfortable. No, no, I, I'd rather not. Tex, I came to tell you something. I've been thinking this over, and I believe what I'm doing is right. You were jealous of my husband. Me? Jealous of Bill? Oh, Mrs. Jenkins, you don't know what you're saying. Don't I? I wouldn't say that if I were you. Tex, you started on this road at the same time that Bill did. He worked and studied nights, and he became president of this road. Every time you saw him, you realized how much more he'd made of his life than you did of yours. I admired him for it, Mrs. Jenkins. You hated him for it. You hated him so much you couldn't stand to see him. And you killed him, Tex. You killed him so he wouldn't continue to be a constant reminder of your own failure. I'm giving you your choice, having me tell the police what I know, or you doing something that will make neither of those choices important. You mean, you want me to kill myself? Why not? You killed a man who is a whole lot better than you. <laughs> This is District Attorney Markham. The President murder case began when Bill Jenkins, railroad head, was found murdered, riding the rods of one of his trains. Vance's investigation enlists the support of Eddie Morris, a troubleshooter who was working as a fireman aboard the locomotive which pulled the murder train. We have found that Tex Duncan, the train engineer, and Mrs. Jenkins are logical suspects. A second murder occurs before Vance arrives, but he has tabled it temporarily to work on the first one and has gone to see the president's widow. He should be there. Come in, please, Mr. Vance. Thank you, Mrs. Jenkins. Well, won't you sit down? Yes, thank you. Please don't mind if I continue with my knitting, will you? I really need something to keep my hands occupied. I think I understand, Mrs. Jenkins. I won't bother you too much. Uh... What will that be when it grows up? A sweater for myself. Mrs. Jenkins, I think I need your help. Yes, Mr. Vance? Yes. I believe I know how your husband was killed. Oh? I think this is what happened. Your husband was inspecting the repair depot near the spot where the trains make their last stop before arriving here. I think he was shot there, left for dead, managed to crawl under a train and climb onto the rods. I'm listening, Mr. Vance. I think the engineer of that train then backed it up to the station, took on its passengers, and continued to the depot where your husband's body was found. 
You think, too, that the man who ran that train killed my husband, Mr. Vance, don't you? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. That means you think Tex Duncan killed him. Perhaps. Don't you? I don't know, Mr. Vance. After the little talk I had with him, I won't know about that until tomorrow. I got all day, I got all night, Tex. And I got this whole thing figured out. All I need from you is a confession. Well? I didn't kill anybody, Sergeant Heath. I never did. Wait a minute, Heath. Let me try something. Sure, D.A., go ahead. Tex? We know you were in your locomotive when the body of the second victim, Mr. Burton, was discovered. Sure you know that. Doesn't that mean I couldn't have killed him? No, it doesn't. You see, he'd been dead for quite a while. In fact, it was obvious to the medical examiner that Mr. Burton was killed in his private car when the train was still in the station. You could have killed him and then climbed into your engine and waited for the body to be discovered. Maybe I could have, but I didn't. You can't make me say I did. Grab well, he's trying to get oh, away. He won't get very far. Now, now be a nice guy, Duncan, oh. and sit down here. I won't let you frame me. I won't. Get out of my way, will you? Get out. Mr. Markham. I'm afraid you'll have to, Heath. All right. Oh. Uh, that should do it, Heath. Uh, he won't wake up for a while. I'm sure he did it, Mr. Markham. I'm positive. Listen, I know Mr. Jenkins walked from the repair shop up towards town and that Engine 96 followed him the day he was murdered. And who was driving 96? Tex Duncan. But Duncan insists he didn't take the engine up the road and away from the repair shop. He says he went in to phone his wife that he was on the telephone for about 15 minutes. And of course, by that time, the train was back where it should be. Ah, he's trying to throw the heat on his fireman, that nice Eddie Morris kid. That would mean that Morris ran the engine up the line. Uh, Morris says he walked out for a magazine, and I believe him. When Tex wakes up, I'm going to drag him out of this railroad yard office and down to headquarters, and I'll make him talk. I'll sweat it. Hey, what happened to the lights? Duncan wasn't knocked as cold as you think, Heath. He's gone out that door. Come on, let's go after him. Yeah, he's locked us in. He'll get away. Maybe, maybe not. Philo Vance is somewhere in the yard, you know. The timekeeper's office, I think. Uh, it'll do us a lot of good. Come on, Dave. Let's break down this door. I'll get that Duncan, and when I do, he won't do any more getting away, believe me. Come on, Dave. Let's bust down this door. All right, throw that searchlight in the back of those boxcars over there. He went that way. And two of you men go over to the right. Two of you take the left. I'm going straight down the middle here. All right, start moving. You with that searchlight, keep him moving around. Come on, man. No luck yet, eh, Heath? Ah, uh, no, D.A. It's only a couple of minutes since we broke down that door. Duncan's still in this railroad yard someplace, and I'm going to find him if it takes all night. Spread out, you guys. I don't want him to get away. I hope you'll find him, Heath. Vance says... Vance says? Who cares what Vance says? This guy is our murderer, and he's trying to skip. You tell Vance... Uh, tell him yourself. He's right here. Hello, Heath. What is it you wanted Markham to tell me? Uh, nothing. Look, why don't you leave me alone? I'm busy. I got to kill it around up. Let's go, man. I want that guy, and I want him alive. Heath's a good policeman, Markham. One of the best. Oh, incidentally, I know where Tex Duncan is hiding. You do? A man, Heath has a dozen men searching this yard. Why don't you tell him? I have a better plan. I think I can get Eddie Morris to help me. And if you'll do one thing for me, I may be able to prove who our murderer is. Well, Vance, you know you can call on me for anything. But you don't really know who killed Jenkins and Burton yet, do you? No, Markham, I don't know. But believe me, I do suspect. Of 
pretty uncomfortable lying here in a couple of tons of hard coal, Vance. I know it is, Mr. Morris. Soft coal wouldn't be any improvement, though, believe me. Lying here in the tender of a locomotive is a rather strange place for me, too. Let's just hope the results justify the means. I certainly hope so. Vance, it's your opinion that Tex Duncan will try to get into this engine and escape that way? I think that would be logical. With this yard full of police and every exit watched, I think he might realize this is the one way to break out of the yard. I've had the engine serviced, it has steam up, and it's all ready to go. If Duncan doesn't show up, maybe you'll take me for a ride. <laughs> be glad to, Vance, if I knew how to start. Vance, listen. Yes, I hear it too. They won't get me. Old 96, you'll see to that, won't you? One minute to start this engine. Now let him come. Let him try and stop me now. Just let him try. They'll never get me now. They'll never get me now. Vance, you were right. What do we do now? Nothing. Just lie here till he gets clear of the yard. I want to know where he's going. We'll get him when we want him, Mr. Morris. Have no fear of that. We've been traveling 20 minutes, average speed 62 miles an hour. What are you figuring, Vance? That we're just about ready to take care of Mr. Tex Duncan. All right, Eddie, let's go. We stop the train here. It's a little tricky walking this side of this engine. Watch your step, Vance. It's not only tricky, it's windy. But I'm with you. It's only a few steps, Vance. I'm about ready to climb in now. Go ahead. I'll be right in back of you. Okay, Tex. Eddie, Hello, hold Mr. it. Hello, Mr. Duncan. Would you mind slowing down this locomotive? Slow it down? Never. Look, Tex, don't make me use this gun. A lot of good it'll do you if you don't shoot. Neither of you can run this locomotive. You don't have any idea how to stop it. You'll crack up. We'll all be killed. We'll be killed. I... I... I can't take any more of this. I, oh. Vance. He's fainted. Yes, so I see. Well, we're really in quite a predicament. I'll try to do something with these controls, but I haven't the faintest idea where to begin. I know I sit up here in this seat here. that the engineer drives with his head out the window like this. Mr. Morris! What is it? What is it, Vance? Hurry and revive Mr. Duncan. There's a truck straddling the tracks about 500 yards ahead. We've got to stop this train and we'll all be killed. Get away from there, Vance. Get out of that seat now. Let me take over. I'll stop this engine. We'll never crash into that truck. This lever here puts on one brake. This throttle takes care of the emergency. Uh. Well... Thank you very much, Mr. Morris, for telling me just now that you murdered Mr. Jenkins. Are you crazy? And probably Mr. Burton, too. You weren't supposed to be able to handle a locomotive, remember? Oh, I see. Now that you know I can run one, what does that prove? That my theory of how Mr. Jenkins was killed was correct. That the murderer had to know how to drive a locomotive, and the murderer is you. I hope you're joking, Vance. Not that I know of. Your motive is a little remote, Mr. Morris, but I think when you killed Burton, you gave it to me. Isn't it true that he hired you to kill Mr. Jenkins so that he could have control of the railroad? Go ahead. You started this. I'm just a bystander. Burton hired you to kill Mr. Jenkins, but then either reneged on paying you or you suddenly realized that he'd have a hold on you for life, so you killed him too. You're a very clever man, Vance, but you've overlooked one thing. I still have my gun. Now get back over against the side of the engine. Get moving. Hmm. Sounds like bargain time to me. If it is, I'm not buying anything. I'll take care of you now, and then that Tex who pulled a feint at the wrong time. 
This is it, Vance. Oh! Nice work, Tex. Popped him right on the head, Mr. Vance, and with his own shovel. <laughs> How'd to do? Was I a good enough actor? You were great, Tex, great. Mr. Morris's shovel, I'm sure, has dug his own grave. one thing I really want to know, Vance, and that's this. Were you taking your life in your own hands just to prove that Eddie Morris could operate a locomotive? Why, certainly, Markham. Vance? Well, all right. Tex Duncan only pretended to faint in the locomotive cab so that Morris would try to stop the locomotive. I still don't understand how you got Tex in the locomotive in the first place. Tex? Well, he wanted to come. After he broke away and locked you and Heath in the railroad office, he found me in the timekeeper's shack. He knew I wasn't a policeman and thought that I might believe his story. I did, and dreamed up the escape plot with your help. But all I did was have old Locomotive 96 all steamed up and ready to go. You got Eddie Morris there, and he proved to you he could run a locomotive. And that proved to me that he killed Jenkins. Don't forget, the only thing I knew about Mr. Jenkins' death was that whoever killed him had run a locomotive up the tracks from the service station. Yes, I know that. In fact, I'm curious about only one more point, and then I'll let you close up shop, Vance. Why did Eddie Morris deny he could run a locomotive? Why? Because the fact that ostensibly he couldn't run one was the basis of his entire plan. Here's what actually happened. He was on the train the day Mr. Jenkins was murdered. He saw Jenkins start to walk off. Why didn't he just follow him on foot then if he wanted to kill him? Mr. Burton paid him to kill Mr. Jenkins, but he wanted to be sure he wasn't suspected. He saw Tex Duncan go to make his phone call, so he got in the cab and ran the engine after Mr. Jenkins. Oh, now I'm getting this. If it was proved that somebody drove old 96 after Mr. Jenkins, that somebody couldn't possibly be Morris because he allegedly couldn't run a locomotive. Right. Well, Markham, I guess it's the end of the line for Mr. Eddie Morris. It sure is. And it's the end of the President murder case for us. <laughs> Welcome back. Given the subject matter of this episode, I would like to say that this story went off the rails at some point, but for me it didn't. It was a reminder for me that I 
think that the earlier Philo Vance episodes not only had some really good hooks, but tended to hold together a lot better as mysteries. So this was a pretty satisfying puzzle. Now, of course, you do have Markham just being over the top in welcoming Vance to the investigation. Oh, great Philo Vance, thank you for gracing our investigation, and for only you, the all-seeing Philo Vance can come and solve this most baffling uh, case. Now, I know that there are other series where detectives are perhaps overpraised, but for some reason it bugs me a bit more on Philo Vance. Maybe it's because he seems to enjoy it so much. All right, listener comments and feedback. And we turn to our listener survey. Uh, Deanne writes, good job, Adam. Joni says, wonderful show. Love the comments. I feel like I'm part of the conversation. Keep it up. Uh, Patrice says, I was searching for Johnny Dollar cereals and discovered this podcast. This podcast is truly one of the highlights of my week. Julie writes, I listen so much. My husband is jealous of Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Uh I told him it's really Bob Bailey he needs to watch out for. I look forward to this each Tuesday and Friday. And then Ace in Corsicana uh, writes, I think Adam Graham's old-time radio is the best thing ever. Really, really enjoying it. I wish everyone my age knew about it. Well, thank you so much, Ace. And I appreciate you taking time to fill out our listener survey at survey.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Trevor, Patreon supporters since September of 2022, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Trevor. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us with your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review us wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance. But join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the Kalen matter where... That's with a P. Nah, nah, I won't get to that for another three months. Uh, that's a buck even for the drink. There you go. Keep the change. Well, thanks. I. Uh, hey, this is a 20 you give me. Yeah, I know. Oh, I see. Well, Buster, the answer is no. I can't fix you up with one of the girls. Uh-uh. All I want is some information. Like what? Like, where is Marty Midnight this evening? Oh, that I wouldn't know. She hasn't been around since, uh... Well, not for the last four or five nights. Since Eddie Kalem was murdered? Is that what you're about to say? Police? Insurance investigator. The company I represent issued a policy on him. Eddie Kalen with insurance? Yeah, he took it out about two months ago. Who's the beneficiary? His wife. Well, well, I never met the gal, but I guess she's got something common. She must have took quite a beating off of Eddie. Man, oh man, that cat could really operate. So I get it. You happen to know where Marty lives? Nah, she moved a few weeks ago, after she took up with Eddie. I don't even know her real name. Hey, is the manager here? I'm the manager, Buster. I hired him, fired him, and in between, just look at him. (laughs) Oh, man, what a life. (laughs) You know a friend of Eddie's named Pete's timer? Sure I know. He hasn't been around either. Disappeared that same night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad night all around. There was another guy dropped out of sight, too, a, a hood named Mike Kelso. One of Topo Leanley's boys. Do you know Topo? 
He comes in all the time. He's a... Hey. Hey, wait a minute. You must be the cat that broke his arm. <laughs> well, congratulations, felicitations, and happy days. I'll have a drink myself on that. <laughs> Real popular boy. Oh, the most. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.